Can we stand for the reading of God's word? There we go. Show a little, put a little respect on that name. That's right. Are you ready now? Yes. I think they ready. Y'all ready? Buenos dias. Buenos right, dias. They, they, they ready. Try it. Try it again. Run it back. <laughs> All right. Today I'll be reading from Romans 16, 17 through 18. And now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things that are contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. Amen. Ahora voy a leer en español, Libro los Romanos, 16. Y el 17 al 18. Y os, y os ruego, hermanos, que miréis los que causan dimensiones y escándalos contra la doctrina que nos, vosotros habéis aprendido y apartaos de ellos. Porque, porque los tales no sirven al Señor nuestro Jesucristo, sino a sus vientres y con suaves palabras y bendiciones engañan los corazones de los simples. Amén. Amén. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, as we now um, listen to your word that has been inspired by you, that is living and active, we pray now that you would help us to submit to your word, help us to heed your word, and help us to be transformed by your word that it may not just produce fruit in our community, but in our marriages, in our singleness, and wherever we may be in our journey of life. We pray that you would do something far greater than what we expected today. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all of God's sheep said, Amen. Amen. I want to preach from this thought summed up in one word, unfriend, unfriend friend. I need to be honest. I need to keep it a buck, and I need to let y'all know some things that I receive on Facebook. Every now and again, a brother, a pastor, this dude here gets a bogus FB slash IG friend request. Anybody got some bogus friend requests. Yes, I'm not the only one in the room. And there are always people out there trying to scam and steal personal information. Uh, but they do it by acting like the real deal. I can usually tell the bogus ones pretty quick. We usually have one mutual friend. How you going to disrespect me and show up with one mutual friend? That's disrespectful. If you're going to try to get over on me, at least have, at least have two people that we know together. You know, what you want with me? We don't even know. We don't even know folks together like that. You know, so that's the first sign. Or, or it's a half-naked picture. First, I would appreciate it if they put some respect on my name. And get at least, with at least one mutual, I mean, at least two mutual friends. And I need at least two, I need at least two witnesses. Secondly, how you naked already? I don't even know you. Why you don't come at me like that? I don't even know you like that. I'm clutching myself, you know, and all that. 
But lately, 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 these folks have come to me uh, in more clever ways. They have come to me fully dressed with 25-plus mutual friends. Who am I to deny such people? So I accept the friend request, Keith. I let them into my life. You know, but you know how I quickly discover their false and fake friends. They inbox me shortly after the acceptance. Usually trying to scam me, they only wanted to be my friend for their own selfish gain. And today, Paul teaches us something. Because when these people come in my inbox to scam me, guess what I go do? After getting the message, I go straight to their profile, and I delete them as my friend. And today, Paul teaches us to exercise the spiritual unfriend button. He realizes some people are just up to no good and need to be deleted. Wait, hold on, because I know y'all got some folks that y'all been waiting to delete the pastor said it, Demita, they ready. Some people have been waiting to hit that unfriend button. Before we start cutting folks off, because we know we live in council culture, let's get some context. When should you unfriend folks? When should you exercise the holy, divine unfriend button? It's more complicated in asking how many mutual friends do they have. Who should we as Christians cut off, ghost, unfriend, have you want to categorize that? Well, our text gives us one today, and it tells us that we should unfriend false teachers. Last week, we saw Paul in Romans 16 had wax eloquent about those in church who are faithful and commendable. We, are, we had a whole Oscar award, and if you remember what Angie did, she did the whole Bulls thing, and, 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 and we even celebrated those in our church that we rock with and that rocks with us. And we hope that y'all rock with us May 17th. I want to throw that in there one more time. Paul Wax eloquent about 26 names and all, and he has said, as Christ has welcomed us, welcome one another. Even to the point of greeting one another with a holy kiss. And then verse 17, he turns a corner real fast. I mean, I, mean, I mean, it's a real sharp corner that he hit. And he gives a warning on who you should ghost and unfriend. The question still is, Pastor, how do I know who I should unfriend? How do I know who I should delete? Well, it starts with good shepherds, good under-shepherds, worn and informed sheep. Watch this. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. I think it's important you understand my job, your leadership's job, our responsibility first as your elders or pastors, and pastor and elder can, use, can be used interchangeably or whatever. But as your elders and pastors, in regards to false teachers, what is our job? Part of the job of the shepherd is to protect the sheep from the ferocious wolves. That's the way Jesus describes them in Matthew 7, 15. And he also describes them this way in John. And thieves who come to steal, kill, and what? 
destroyed. In the realm of true physical barriers such as hedges and gates and quarrels do not deter the enemy, those who prey upon the minds of the sheep. Our job is to protect you, but how? To what degree? As pastors slash elders, our job is to inform you and warn you. Because y'all grown at the end of the day. Y'all gonna do what y'all want to do. But at least I need to tell you the truth, and I need to warn you. But if you, you know, you 18 and older, ain't too much we can do after that, because grown folks going to be grown folks. And this is what Paul does. Paul has two weapons at his disposal. I need y'all to watch it carefully. Watch how the, how the apostle is trying to help the sheep, right? He got two weapons at his disposal. In his role as apostolic shepherd, he declares the truth and he warns against intruders. All right, let's go back. Let's go back. Y'all need y'all to walk with me. Go there with me. Don't leave me alone. God, God, let's go back to the garden with Adam and Eve. Let's just go back to the beginning, right? God's warning in the garden towards Adam and Eve. What did God do? It is very similar to what Paul does to the church of Rome. Remember God warned and informed Adam and Eve? He told them, do not eat from the tree of good and evil. But grown folks going to be grown folks, right? And they did what they wanted to do. But he told them the day that they ate from it, they would surely what? Die. That's truth and that's warning. So Paul likewise informed us on how to identify a fake profile. He doesn't want us to get scammed. So Paul gives us two words to help us identify false teachers. And why do we need help to, uh, in identifying fake profiles, fake, fake uh, 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 false teachers? Why do we need help? Because Satan and those like him are clever. Satan is witty. Like, don't take him for granted. Like, I mean, he's, he's been at this for a minute, all right? I mean, he's very, he's very clever. People think the real threat is little Nas in his shoes. That's an easy spot for me. Like, like, come on, man. That's like, that's not rocket science, right? I mean, I mean, I, 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 I mean, he's coming out the door like this who I'm rocking with, this who I'm repping with. Those are the ones I'm not concerned with that. The real threat for the church is behind the pulpit. People behind the pulpit are more dangerous than little Nas. Because spiritual abuse is a serious problem in the church today. Can I preach this? One of the main reasons people are rejecting organized religion has nothing to do with Jesus. I'm like, I don't want people rejecting Jesus because I'm being a jerk. Like, if they reject Jesus, they need to reject Jesus, but Jesus is not because of me. The reason people are rejecting church is because those who claim to serve in his name and yet ransack his church, it is those in the pulpit who not only perpetuate systems of oppression and sexism and white supremacy, but do so by creating the very theological frameworks that support these ideologies. It is the pulpit pimps who scam vulnerable people out of their money. Can barely afford to go to church these days. 
By the time they get done passing that plate around. And promising you. Listen. Promising you that God going to give you a Bentley. And the way that they do it is they say, look at me. God gave me a Bentley. But one day I sat back and I did the math. Y'all said, well, if all of us giving you our money, then of course the guy at the top going to get the Bentley. You know, I'm just saying, if all the fun's going your way, brother, I mean, come on, man, this ain't rocket science. But it's the pulpit pimps with the fake profiles. <laughs> let it stick, let it stick, let it stick, let it stick. Uh, that's all right. You got to watch out for them. They don't walk with a cane either. They walk with a Bible. What does a fake profile look like? I recently discovered on YouTube there are videos out there that educate people on how to discover fake accounts. Like they got whole videos out there. Like if you don't want to get scammed on uh, social media, you can actually go to YouTube and check out all the things you need to check out. Here's what the video said. Uh, uh, well, here, here's the list that the video gave. On the list was you need to check out their photos, you need to check out their friends, you need to check out their posts, you need to check out their messages, and last, you need to check out Google. And now, when I was listening to the video, the cat was like, man, like, you need to go to their photos and kind of see if this is something that's been photoshopped or whatever, and you can kind of tell. You need to see who they're kicking it with, who they're hanging with, all this, and then you need to, you know, you can draw your conclusion on whether these people own something or whatever. And they encourage you to check all these things out before you accept the friend request. It is how you can discover the real from the fake. You got to do your investigation. And Paul gives his own list of how to identify false teachers. I'm glad that Paul doesn't just say stay away from false teachers. He actually tell, he actually gives his own YouTube list on how we can tell false teachers. There's only two things on his list, at least in this text. He says they are divisive and they put stumbling blocks out. Okay, what is divisiveness? Divisiveness means a splinter or cause of dissension. Number two is stumble. It means to lay a trap or a snare in the path of another to cause them to stumble. We get our word scandal from this word. Why is it that Paul encourage, encourages that Christians not to allow divisive people into the church? Because anyone that lives in a society with predators and prey know that the key strategy, the, the key strategy of the predator is to separate, isolate, and then devastate. They want to separate. They want to isolate, and then they devastate those who they, whom, whom they isolate. Have you ever watched the National uh, uh, Geographic on, uh, TV or Animal Planet? Y'all know I love me some Animal Planet. I love me some Animal Planet. It's incredible. These big cats go after a pack, and the animals that do well stay together in the herd. Safety in numbers, right? Like meerkats, they live a long time in the wild because those jokers stick together. They smart, too. I'm talking about the ones on, uh, uh, on Lion King. Y'all yeah, yeah, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but the moment a lion gets a wildebeest one-on-one, it's usually over for that wild beast. They, they cut to commercial, he come back here, carcass. That's all you say. He got him because he didn't pick him off, Katrina, that's why. He took him out. The same thing on social media. The fake account person always want to slide in your DM. Why you can't get me out in the open and where all my people at? 
They want to slide in your DM. Y'all know about the DM. Don't act like y'all don't know about the DM. Because some of y'all got real fake people that slide into y'all DM. But they always want you alone. Why? Separated prey from the pack. Isolated one-on-one. Then you devastated. But how do they divide? How do they divide us? They divide by going against sound doctrine. Okay, what is doctrine? Now, the word doctrine has been used in messy ways, but simply it means teachings. But what teachings are they going against? How Paul uses this word here, doctrine, refers to the teaching of and about Jesus, his plan, his life, his work, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his church, and his return, and his teaching on how the gospel is for all people. Doctrine isn't just something you learn in a classroom, but rather it is an experiential knowledge of the gospel as well as the words intellectual knowledge of the gospel. One example of false teaching uh, 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 or teaching other doctrines is in the book of Galatians, which we're studying as a church on Wednesday night. In Galatians, you have what we call Judaizers telling the Gentiles they need to become Jewish by being circumcised in order to be saved. Now watch it now. In other words, we need you to assimilate in order to graduate into heaven. Let me say it again. That sounds so good. I want to play it back. In other words, you need to assimilate in order to graduate. Let it hang. There it is. Into heaven. Jesus supremacy. In other words, they were teaching Jewish supremacy. Is this the gospel? Jewish supremacy? Not at all. But now watch the effects of it. See how this doctrine is contrary to the gospel? See how it divides God's people, put Jews over there, put Gentiles over here, dividing the sheep? And right here in America, many churches told black people either they were not human enough to be saved or not white enough to be saved. And so white supremacy became a thing in the church. And is that the gospel? No. And what did it do? Create two churches, white and black. And we're still dealing with this mess today. But here's the thing about false doctrine. It doesn't just divide once, it keeps dividing. And so many people are being swept away by other false doctrines because of the doctrine of segregation. And many people I know are being swept away by the teaching of the black Hebrew Israelites, pointing people to pride in their blackness as a backlash to the effects of racism in the church. Y'all not going to say amen, say ouch. And people are falling for it because of whitewashed Christianity went unchecked. A Christian in America that has lied and said, you got to be white to be right. Now, many would have denied having ever said that, but God doesn't just care about your doctrine. He cares about your life. And Paul tells Timothy to watch his life in his doctrine closely. Watch it now. Don't just watch your theology. Watch your duology. And it's going to take black and brown and white and yellow people all standing together and saying that the God we serve doesn't support these kinds of doctrines. And no, 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 don't 
just clap because not only do we got to uh, uh, proclaim it, we then got to turn around and dismantle it out of our churches so that these systems have no place in our churches. Oh, we clap about it, but it's going to take a whole lot of blood to get rid of it. But we got to stand on the one blood who is Jesus Christ. For us to show that the gospel is for all people, not just in teaching, but in practice. And everybody want to have multicultural churches, but we don't want to do the work of reconciliation. We just want pictures, we want photos, and we want everybody to shut up about the real things that are keeping us divided. But her friends, in order for us to be united, we got to deal with whatever's in the center that's not like Jesus. And that means that. When it comes to the sin of racism, I'm going to tell y'all why I got a problem with the sin of racism. Not just here in America, not just because of what, how it's devastated black and brown communities like Gary, but here's the thing. The glory of God is at stake in the middle of it because it's not a true testimony to the gospel that I believe. Bad doctrine has taken root not just in the world, but in the church. Now, ultimately, false teachers don't just want to separate us from each other. Their main goal is to separate you from God. That's the, that's the main objective. Satan ain't satisfied when he just gets you separated from the people of God. I need to separate you from God. I need to separate you from whom your strength comes from. I need to separate you from your strong tower of refuge. I need to separate you from your head lifter. And so Paul doesn't just tell us to watch out. He don't say just beware because that's how I am with dogs. Like I'm not scared of dogs. I beware of dogs, right? That's a big difference, right? I'm not scared. You feel what I'm saying? Okay, all right. I'm not scared. I ain't scared of no dog. I ain't scared of no dog. I'm scared of wolves. I ain't scared of no dogs. All right? Listen to that. You hear me, Bobby? Bobby? You know me for a long time. I ain't scared of no dog. But I'm going to beware of a dog. He ain't going to catch me slipping. You know? I come, I come to people's house with a dog. I'm like, where you at? I can't get a house yesterday. I seen a big bee. I said, I see you got a dog. You say, beware. I'm being aware. But I can't be aware of something. I can't see where you at. When he told me he was locked up, I, I was good. Let me, get, let me get back to the sermon. Let me get back to the sermon. All right, Angie? <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't aware of that. So, which is, which, see, now y'all just clowning. They clowning. Let's get back to the word now. Which, which is why Paul doesn't just tell us to watch out, but watch this. He tells us to avoid. Let's go back to the garden again. Don't accept the friend request. Let's look back at the garden with Adam and Eve. God told them the truth. He warned them. And Adam and Eve should have kept away from the one who came to tempt them. What happened after they listened to the false doctrine? They were separated from God. See how false doctrine always separates. 
the Roman believers are warned to watch out for and keep away from those who will lead them astray. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Help me, Holy Ghost. Avoid them. Look at what Paul says. Avoid them. It means to go across the street from them. It means to pass on the other side. It means don't engage. It means don't even entertain the friend request. Most wolves, but, 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 but these days, most wolves don't even come into the herd these days, though. They instead are found picking off sheep one at a time by shouting from their timeline. Today's media and social media have given massive microphones and platforms to wolves. I need to slow down here because some of us stumbling over memes. I don't know who you are listening to. I don't know what podcast you are listening to. Financial guru, life coach, talk radio host, cable news commentators, or whoever you are engaging with. In Paul days, wolves didn't have Instagram accounts and worldwide access to memes. And some, uh, and, and some of those means have the dumbest arguments. They be so, they be so dumb. The Bible real. Uh, did, uh, did Adam and Eve have a, a, a neighbor or not? You know, that's the kind of stuff that they get people over. And they want to come to my office and have a whole meeting about it. I'm like, it really don't matter whether they have one or not, but okay. If the Bible real, why don't? Your lips touch when you say touch, but they touch when they say separate. This is the kind of stupid stuff out there. This is the dumb stuff out there. This, this is the arguments that they got. Why does food get cold and drinks get warm? I seen that on TikTok. And people be gone. They be off their faith. It don't even make sense. Some of y'all look at what you talking about. That's what I see. What they talking about. People be gone. And many of us pastors are increasingly finding out that our people are being pastored more by social media than us. I heard one pastor say, I heard one pastor say he discovered that 50% of the people that attend his church don't even believe the same things he believes about the Bible. Yeah, you'll be surprised. Now listen, there is much we can agree to disagree on. I don't expect you guys who agree with everything that I agree with, there is room for us to disagree on things. Yes, it is. But if you want to know what teachers you should avoid, ask, is this doctrine drawing me away from Jesus? Satan's main thing was to separate Adam and Eve, not from each other, but God in the garden. And the byproduct of us being separated from God is always separation from each other. What would separate you from God? Any teaching that encourages you to separate from Jesus. Because how are you connected to God? Through Jesus. This ain't rocket science. That is, Paul says this, uh, I mean, Jesus says this. I told you that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And friends, you do not, you do not, you do not, you do not want to die in your sins. It's not going to be a good thing. False teachers are not after your church attendance, 
They're not after your shouting and running laps. They're after your faith in Jesus. They want you cut off from God. Why? Well, same reason the big bad wolf wanted little red riding hood off the path and the three little pigs out of the house to devour them. But I promise you, if you don't get the word of God in your soul, you'll get out the path and out the house quicker than you can say, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. I'm preaching this thing better than y'all talking to me. And what did they do? What do wolves do to eat sheep? They use their voice to draw you away. Watch this. Jesus got a voice. Wolves got a voice. In the end, I'm going to tell you the importance of why you need to know which voice. For such person do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Watch it. He's describing these wolves again, how you know them. Tuck this away in your heart. You need to know this. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the heart of the naive. Watch it now. Paul's teaching better than y'all saying amen. Here it is. How do you know a wolf? By their appetite. Let's go back to the garden again. Come on. Let's go back to Genesis, church. And watch it. The wolf in action. Satan. The one who deceived Adam and Eve was not serving God but himself. The Romans believers are warned that their tempters are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Paul says in the book of Philippians that their God is their bellies. Adam and Eve were deceived by smooth talk. I mean, it was real smooth, y'all. He came in, hey, yo. Don't you want to be like God? You know, you know he lied to you, right? It was real sexy like that, too, He's, you know, uh, believers are warned to be aware of smooth talking flattery. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I heard this sermon about his preacher, and he was talking about how this smooth talk works with, um, with false teachers. He said, false teachers are smooth with words, but their words are deadly. He said it reminded him of a case he heard um, by his lawyer friend. He talked about this case that his lawyer friend was working on, and he was working on his case, y'all, for 20 years. It was 20 years he was working on his case. He was suing DuPont. DuPont makes Teflon, y'all. You know what Teflon is, right? He says it's the material that they put on the pans so that they don't stick. Amen, if you don't like washing dishes. I thought somebody would have shouted and celebrated in here. Who want to watch a pot after cooking eggs and grits? Them the worst, them the worst pots to, to, to clean. DuPont made this material in the mid-1900s, but what DuPont didn't tell people is that as smooth as the substance is and kept you from having to scrub dishes, that it will kill you. The Teflon they were making had a deadly chemical in it. In 1981, two of their female workers had babies who were born with one nostril, and they also bought a land from a farmer and promised him that they wouldn't dump any toxic waste that could harm his animals. He came to discover, after many of his cows had died, that they had been consuming the deadly chemical from DuPont. He cut his cows open, and they were neon green in the inside. They had been eating deadly stuff. The product was smooth, but it was deadly. 
Friends, people die every day in churches under preachers with smooth talk, but they're eating bad preaching. And bad preaching kills churches. Some of the smoothest preachers I know are on TBN. Uh-oh, I done lost some friends. I'm getting unfriended. Some of them are on the gram. Some of them on TikTok. Some of them on Twitter. If you eat it, you'll die. And here's the thing, though. DuPont knew people were dying from the chemical. <clears throat> and so I had to ask myself, why in the world would you keep producing something that are killing image bearers? Why didn't DuPont stop? Because they were more concerned about making money than saving people. I'm preaching better than y'all. Come here. There are billions of, it was a billion dollar industry. And friends and family, this is how you know false teachers. They don't care about you dying. They don't care about you being saved. All they care about is filling their pockets with your money. And they don't care if you go to hell or not. This is why Paul says they serve their own appetites. They care about money going into their partners. Bethel Gary, we are living in some strange times. Oh, 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 but what stopped DuPont? What stopped them? What stopped this billion-dollar industry from producing CA in, in, in its products? The farmer stood up to those bullies, and he sued them. How did segregation stop? MLK stood up and said, on the basis of the gospel, this cannot be. Friends, what I came to tell you is that sometimes as the sheep, we got to stand up against these systems that are making billions off of people. And yes, it'll cost us our lives. Yes, it'll cost us persecution. But we got to have enough uh, uh, courage to stand against these things. That's what David did when Goliath was there. Y'all heard Goliath preaching all this false doctrine about what he going to do to God's people, how he was going to destroy God's people, how he had the whole Israel community scared and they were hiding. And one guy who knew the word of God, like he knew Jesus, he knew Jesus. And he heard this false doctrine. He said, that don't sound like my God to me. And he walked over there and he said, I get this joker because I know who my God is. And so I'm not coming to preach fear against false teachers because I know the God that we serve, that he's able to handle these false teachers. But the reason why we can't stand, because we don't know his voice. And friends, if you're going to avoid being devoured by false teachers, you're going to have to know your shepherd's voice. Here's what he says in John 10, 3 through 5. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and follow him or they what they know his voice watch this now in a stranger they will not what follow but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of the stranger here's the issue is that sometimes Jesus is a stranger to us so what do we need we need to know Jesus is what voice and how do you learn Jesus's voice you learn the Bible in the unction of the Holy Spirit together. We can't lead the Holy Spirit out now. 
Because you ain't understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit. Most people are picked off by wolves because they don't know the word. Many sheep are lazy and don't care about the word. We listen more to TV, podcasts, IG, YouTube, than the word of God. And I ain't against watching none of those things because I'll be strolling too. We will go everywhere but to Bible study. Listen, church, we have Bible study not so that you can come hear our voice, but so that you can hear the voice of Jesus. We are trying to play the master's voice back in your ears over and over and over and over and over again in hopes that you know his voice. And I wish we didn't treat Bible study as optional. And my preaching shouldn't be about me. And my Bible study shouldn't be about me. No preacher should be training you to learn his voice. Let me say it again. No preacher should be training you to know his voice and to heed to his voice. But he should be training you to hear the voice of Jesus. Why, this is why he should be exegeting the text and not what he thinks because our words don't give life. We are under shepherds who should be teaching the master's voice. So even if we go south, you get out. Look at Paul's charge to Tim. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved work, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. Rightly what? Handling the word of truth. Preachers have to rightly handle the word of truth. That's why we sit and we study and we try as best we can to cut it straight. When the preacher is handling the word right over time, your life will line up with the word of God. Of course, you got to do your part. But if the preacher preaches God's word and you heed God's word, it will not only get your life straight, it will retain you keeping your life straight. My wife just got braces, y'all, and she has to go in every so often to get them tightened up. And the orthodontist is adjusting her braces to bring her teeth into the correct line. But the dentist doesn't get creative. No, he is there to help my wife to get her teeth the way that God created it to be. Friends, I'm just God's orthodontist. He has sent me to help you get your life in line with his word. And every week you show up, your life should be tightening up more and more. But why can't Paige just go one and done? Listen, I talked to a dentist this week, and he said to me, he said, you got to understand, it's the reason why it costs you so much money, he said, because our teeth always have outside forces pulling at them to bring them out of alignment. I said, boy, you preaching to me right now, and you don't even know that you're preaching to me. He said, he said, he, he, he said so, 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 so we apply braces to get them in, in alignment. But he said, after the braces are off, you still need something else because just because your teeth got in line doesn't mean that the outside forces stop. So most people with braces got to have a retainer. And the reason why they got to have a retainer, because if they take the retainer off, the outside forces are bringing those teeth back to their old life. Oh, friends, what I'm trying to tell you is that you need a retainer, and it's called the Word of God. And the moment you stop listening and heeding to the Word of God, your tail go back to your old life. Just keep looking at me. Oh, you know. 
Sometimes when you're out of the Word and you, and, and you stop praying, all of a sudden you cuss more often than you used to. You'll cuss somebody out in a minute. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. I know you're holy. I know, I know you feel with the Holy Ghost. I know you've been baptized. I know, I know people have laid hands on you three, four, five times. But friends, I'm telling you, if the Word of God is not deep down in your soul, you are going to drift off because guess who ain't going to stop? Satan ain't never taking a day off. He at your 24-7, seven days a week, and the moment you think that you're good, you're not good. You got to stay close to Jesus. But friends, I want you to do more than just be aware of how to keep the wolves away. I'd rather you be more concerned about becoming a wolf than avoiding a wolf. Oh, that's going to hit some of y'all differently this morning. I want you to be more aware of becoming a wolf than avoiding the wolf. I, Dexter Harris, need to keep an eye on myself. Now, Paul says it this way, keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself in your hearers. Friends, I'm telling you, you got to talk to the man in the mirror and not just the, you don't need to just be aware of wolves. You need to be aware of the wolf that can rise up in the inside of you. So what do we do with all of this? This constant attack, this constant pulling, this constant lies, these, these constant attacks. What do we do if we're honest and we think about our own souls and our own lives and our own minds and I have an honest moment with myself and I consider my heart and I realize that it's so deceitfully wicked and when I realize all the times that I'm so prone to stray and go my own way, when I think about all the times that I should have trusted God and friends, God has been good to me. He ain't just been good to me. He's been great to me. He's done some mighty things in my life. He's done some powerful things in my life. And friends, I still find myself every now and again drifting away. And I get concerned because when I think about my own power and I think about my own state, I'm going to tell y'all I'm not so confident because I don't know if I'll make it to the finish line. But I'm so grateful that in Scripture it talks about an anchor for my soul. And I'm so glad. But even even when I want to drift away, there's a good shepherd that across mountains, that across lakes, that across rivers, and he'll find me. The word of God said, nothing in all of the universe can separate us from the love of God. And so my hope is not in my ability to stay, but in his ability to keep me. Who am I preaching to this morning? I wish I had some folks that have drifted a mighty long way, and you thought you were out of God's reach, and he walked on water, he turned water into wine. He killed wolves. He stumped on demons. All for your wretched soul. Friends, y'all better praise God for grace in this place. Lord, when I think about how clever Satan is, I'm so thankful that at the end of the day, he'll leave the 99 just for one. I preach about his grace this morning. When I think about all the wolves on IG and TikTok and Instagram, and y'all, I didn't listen to some of them. Some of them real smooth. They had me looking over my Bible again, but something rose up in my soul, and I call it the Holy Spirit that reminded me that Jesus is more than enough, that he really did 
die on the cross, that he did rise from the dead. Anybody still believe that in the room, that he's coming again? For those who believe on his name, that that was a real death and that was a real resurrection. And friends, I ain't got to fear death. I ain't got to fear life because I know a God who's seated at the right hand of the Father that has gave me a promise that all those who believe on him Oh, he died yesterday. He lived. You better have some word down in your soul. I love the way that Paul ends it. He doesn't end it on us. Thank you, Paul, for not ending your warning or ending with false teachers. Thank you for not ending on avoiding. Come on, worship team. You guys come back. Thank you for not ending on avoiding. Thank you not ending of just being uh, uh, warning us to be aware. But 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 y'all, I want to take one more trip to the garden, and I'm in my seat. I kept y'all too long already. Here it is. One last look at Adam and Eve. Just as God pronounced the ultimate doom of the one who deceived Adam and Eve in Genesis 3:15, God gives a promise that a Savior is coming into the world to 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 to, to crush. Uh, 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 to, to crush the enemy. So Paul repeats that promise to the Roman believers. He says, watch this, the God of peace. Let me let that sit for a minute. Oh, that's good right there. That's good right there because you know Satan want to take your peace by troubling your faith. But he says that there's a God of peace. Oh, yeah. And then he says, we'll soon crush Satan under your feet. In other words, in the end, you win. You're going to be all right. But this is the part. But I'm going to preach that next week. Y'all make sure y'all come back for that. We're going to dive into the promise that God gives us in this life when it comes to the final blow of our enemy, Satan.